please be advised that some of the audio that you will hear during this series may be uncomfortable and triggering. I'm excited because I'm living the life I've always dreamed of. I'm talking to you from my own luxury home. I've got a fountain and thousands of expensive cars and I just bought my own rocket ship. And you can too. How? It's easy. Simply give me everything you own. We've been on Don's road to success for a few months now. It hasn't been easy. Don's taken most of our belongings and a child's college fund and invested it into the marketplace. He's assured us by this time next year we're going to be millionaires. I wasn't always this rich. I used to eat garbage like this animal. But now I eat whatever I want, wherever I want. Take today. I had breakfast in Tupelo, Mississippi, and lunch in Nepal, and I wasn't even hungry. Hey, man. Have a dollar? No, but you can have a million. Okay, you've had to sacrifice a few luxury items here and there, like, are you going to trip to Aruba and penicillin? You got scammed, you idiot. No, we didn't. Don's on TV, so it's got to work. It just has to. Right? Wrong. Cults often prey upon people desperate to achieve belonging and prosperity in life. This tractor beam pull towards the good life and the intention of having everything you want in life can be tantalizing, especially when you're living in circumstances where everything you want feels so far outside of your grasp. Human beings have not changed much since our beginnings. We crave community and validation. We desire to be loved and heard. And sometimes, when that desire is so strong in us, we can fall for an evil that looks like love. tell you who I am, as to whether or not you believe who I am or not, is up to you. When you call Jesus, really you have called me. I'm a convict. I'm an outlaw. I'm a rebel. I'm not a Sunday school teacher. In the shadows of cult leaders, it's not uncommon to find children. Dozens have been housed at the Koresh compound in Texas. The cults generally want the members to be working a lot. They want them to be slaving away and, and doing all kinds of things. So, so kids get in the way. So cults will tend to shove kids in the background. They're, they're an inconvenience. Heather's story. The adjustment for me was not having the community, um, not having friends, of course, um, school like we were homeschooled still but didn't have any structure really with it um that was a huge thing like I taught myself how to read and write when I was nine um for whatever reason I don't know if it was because we were traveling so much but or because I was sick a lot that part of my education totally skipped when I was little um and I don't really know why that's one thing that I just, I'm not really sure. Like I was in all the class, I like remember being in class with other kids and stuff, but, and I always remember like struggling with schooling. 
wherever we were. My sister, on the other hand, super smart. She was in um, the school home in Okinawa in Japan when we were there. And she was like the military trained. Um, she was separated. Like, I don't remember her until I when we went to Hawaii when I was almost six. So there was a very, there was a very big gap. And that was probably one of the biggest things was our education really suffered. Um, I don't think my parents knew, like they didn't really have to do the hands-on stuff because of their positions and leadership in the family. So it was like, you know, all of that was taken, like the day-to-day -day logistics was taken care of in that. So when it was their responsibility to do it, it was super overwhelming. And they already had, um, my little brother was just born. So it was four kids and, you know, really no money, no, like other than the fundraising and like my dad's a natural born salesman. So, you know, he can sell place to a dog, you know, so like he has these gifts and abilities, but really on paper, you know, in the secular world you know, people don't really go off of that. So it was, it was a struggle to get financially stable. We were super poor. Um, and still, they still held on to the ideologies of the family without any balance. So there was no check and balance of personalities. And then, you know, my parents' marriage in itself was a total chaotic disaster. Um, which got it even worse. Like they were separated probably half the time they were in the family and for good reason. Um, but so when it was just the two of them add the stress and, you know, of life it was not good. So there was a lot of that there was, and there was no buffer. There was no getting away from it. My dad was super, super controlling and, it was his, he became kind of, he became grandpa David of like, his, it was his way or the highway. Nobody argued. You didn't have an opinion on anything. Um, suck it up and deal with it. That kind of thing. Um, and it was just, I guess at 12, I realized that I was like, okay, you just, you know, get through it, survive it. And then you know, do the opposite of what they do <laughs> and you'll be fine. And, uh, and that's kind of where I, I saw very clearly what the family, and I have a very, very spiritual base and faith. Like that is something that has carried me through that I don't question and that I love that input and what I learned that from the family, because I do feel like there was a lot of truth in what, when it was pure and simple, there was still a lot of truth there spiritually. Um, granted, you add in human nature and that many people and scenarios to anything, and you know, something's kind of bound to fuck up at some point. Um, you know, and it's just it's every religion, every you know, it's in every culture, it's it's worldwide. We are fallen creatures for a reason. Um, so there's that element, but I've always had a very strong faith. And when I was 12, like the things that my dad would say and do were completely opposite of what I knew is truth of the Bible and, you know, was in the word and what 
you know, it's like something's not adding up here, you know? So this is not like, this is complete bullshit and like, no with that. And that's kind of where I, I, I kind of glad that I figured that out early and was able to see it that clearly, um, that early because it, I think it carried me through a lot of other things that I went through, um, as I got older, definitely can say I've never lost faith. Um, because prayer and even though like I, and it was hard, like it was hard. That was the hardest thing for me. I think and the thing that I probably still gravitate towards was the, the community of believers being able to speak about spirituality and faith and see people live it because I've been witness to people that have really lived it, who have sacrificed and Olivia's mother, one of them, um, beautiful person, you know, and granted only seeing just a tiny portion of, you know, really who she was and what she went through and her, what her story was. Um, and even my parents, like my parents, as much as they were wrong for a lot of things, they also had dedication, which I always admired. Um, even, even if it was dedication to <laughs> psychotic, you know, things, but it, I think the, the intention of starting it was, was good. And they both still kind of followed that path. They recognized when it was becoming like their past with the family split for a reason um, because they didn't agree with a lot of what was going on. And I don't know how much detail even they knew about, you know, a lot of the abuse and stuff. I would assume they knew something about it um, and then how they rationalized the whole flirty fishing thing. I'm just like, that's to each his own kind of thing. Um, but my, my relationship with God and my, my faith has always remained very strong. Like I, it's kind of hard for me to go to church just because it can be triggery um, with the clicks, like with that stuff, that stuff I do remember. And like, when I feel like I was a part of a church for a good seven years, sweet people, but it still had that element of the high and mighty, the, you know, just, are you practicing love? My, that's my base is like, are you practicing love? Are you, is what you're saying matching up with what you're doing, you know, with, you know, what, and what you're telling a whole heck of a lot of other people that are following you blindly. Like I'm very, very sensitive to that. Um, and I think everybody has their own, everybody walks their own path. My siblings, they, you know, each have their own opinion on religion and different views on it or understanding about it. Um, we're all very different in that way. Um, but mine has, has been consistent and definitely, I definitely love that part of the family and I'm thankful for the submersion of it being so young. Um, I think that it really like that does. And that's something I, like my kids went to private school, a Christian private school. Um, 
because I, I saw the value of it because when it's, you know, when you're alone and in darkest moments of your life, you know, it's like, that's, you still go to that for comfort first before you turn to a person. At least that was my experience. That's my experience with that. So it's always, that has been the consistent for me. In the last episode, the ladies discuss their current life and how being in a cult has affected that. Stay tuned.